started here. Praise the Lord. Okay, I want to start here, first of all, and uh, go back to, uh, to Abraham just a moment. And I want to go to, uh, let's see, I want to start in the 15th chapter. Notice the Lord says, uh, oh, he's, uh, Jehovah spoke to Abraham in, a vi- Abraham in a vision. He said, look, don't be fearful. I'll defend you. And I'll give you these great blessings. Now, notice, you got you to gotta see the context. Look at this. War filled the land. I mean, this, <laughs> this would be pretty scary. War filled the land. And guess what else? This is the chapter before, which is, it was never, these are, there's no such thing as chapters in the Bible. It's just a big, long note. We put the chapters in so that we can break it up and find the study points where we want to look at. But anyway, oh, notice right here it says uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah, these before they got wiped out. They were plundered. They carried off all their wealth. And they went on their way, taking with them Lot, Abram's nephew. You ever wonder if your prayers will reach your relatives? This is Lot's nephew. I mean, I mean you, pray, you pray for everybody. Praise the Lord. Well, watch this. Boy, they got Lot's nephew who lived in Sodom. And all he owned. One of the men who, who escaped came to Abraham the Hebrew, who was camping among the oaks, belonging to Mamre the Ammonite. Okay, Abram learned that Lot had been captured. He called together the men born in his household, 318 of them, and chased after the retiring army. Now, this was a world war. It said, remember, it said world, war filled the land. It was 10 kings, and it was five against five, whatever. It actually tells you in this chapter. But anyway, Abram just wiped them out. He went with 300-something people. Mercy. Look at what it says. And recovered everything, the loot that had been taken, his relative Lot, all of Lot's possessions, including the women and their captives. I mean, where do you see the failure here? Boy, you just don't. Well, immediately, uh, Abraham, you know this story, he met Melchizedek, the priest, the high priest. Okay, of course, oh, oh, Melchizedek, he gave him a tenth of everything. Okay, so now we're at the end of this thing. Now, now you know why the Lord says, don't be afraid, because now, huh, now you're going, you sure enough made some enemies. Now, you went over there with your 300 people, and you kicked everybody in the rear end. Now, these kings are going to be all mad, and they're going to be coming after you. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I'm going to defend you. Praise the Lord. And I'll give you great blessings. So, so now you know. Well, then Abraham says, well, what good are all these blessings if I don't have a child? Okay, for without a child, somebody else is going to inherit my uh, wealth. Well, you know the story here. Abram said, I mean, God told him, you're going to have a child. But I want to get some details here. We're going to pass this. Uh, the Lord spoke to him later on, and I want to show you what he says here. Uh, okay. Yeah, look at verse 14. I'm going to punish the nation that enslaves them. That's going to be who? That's going to be Egypt. And if you read the story, and we do, we're at Genesis 15, it goes to 50. It's just story, 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 tracking history, history, history. And then all of a sudden, they are in Egypt. And of course, they came out in Exodus. It's called Exodus. Okay, notice this. You're going to die in peace in a ripe old age. Now, wonderful, good for you, Abram. Wait a minute. Boy, we are in this thing. That's the reason we have the details. You should rejoice. I mean, we are. This is ours. Praise the Lord. You know, like the things I was going through the, the other day and things we probably faced too, you know, don't worry. It, you're going to be all right. You got the, it, you're going to die in peace at a ripe old age. Wow. Okay. Now, uh, I want to skip ahead and watch some of this history. Well, before I do that, let me just anchor this real quick with uh, a little phrase right here we want to see. I'm going to put this in the King James so we'll see the actual word here that's, uh, oh, did I get it? Not quite. 
King James. There it goes. Took a second. Okay. Oh. Do, 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 do. He brought him forth. Yeah, here we go. Look at verse 6. Now, this is when God said, look up to the heavens and, is, and look, count the stars. One, two, three. You know, it's impossible to count all. He says, so your descendants. The next phrase, very common phrase we hear a lot. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Okay. Counted it to him for righteousness. Let's see what we find in uh, the New Testament where that comes up. All the way over here in Romans. Paul writes a letter to a church, shall we say, in the book, in the book of Romans. It's up here in chapter 4. Let me close this out of the way. Uh, let me go back to the Living Bible just a moment. Uh, get that down. Okay. Uh, now notice, uh, look at this. There it is. For the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God. Now the King James would say, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Let me, let me just throw that back up there real quick. Here's the King James. Verse 5. Uh, where'd it go? Uh, well, there it is. Verse 3. Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. Now watch this. This is one reason I really love the, the, the Living Bible. It helps us out so much because it keeps me from having to explain it and convince everybody. Uh, why do I need to do that? To, uh, we can get on with it pretty quick. Look at this. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God. It's counted to him for righteousness. What does that mean? Oh, I'm in church. I know what righteousness means. I kind of doubt it because we don't act like it. This is what we should act like. That's why God canceled his sins. No, 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 wait a minute. Abraham was perfect. That was it. Yeah, he never made a mistake. No, he didn't either. Lied about his sister, half-sister, twice. I mean, you know, whatever. We know that. She's not my wife. She's my sister. <laughs> whatever. Did it to Pharaoh and he did it to Abimelech. But Abraham did that for a reason. He thought they were going to kill him. So he said, look, be, be so kind to say, I'm your brother, okay? Then they won't kill me. But anyway, but that's not all. Well, I mean, come on. We know our own lives. We know we're not perfect. But look at this. That's why God canceled his sins and declared him not guilty. Now, why do you think that's so important? Abraham said, look, okay, yeah, okay, world war, whatever, and I know these clowns may come after me, but Abraham says, you know the thing that bugs me? I want a kid. I've never had a child. I'm already, I'm pushing 85. And God says, hey, no problem. Look to the heavens. These are going to be your descendants. Well, he believed it. Look at that. If there was anything you thought God wouldn't get to get you, it was a bright, shiny new baseball or whatever, a bright, shiny new this. He's not going to... Yes, he will. He does that for everybody. Cancels our sins and declared him not guilty. Now, why do we have that in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, Romans? I'm going to skip down a little bit. This whole section is about that. But let me go down here to verse... Uh, it's verse... 13. It's clear then that God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not because Abraham believed, obeyed God's laws, but he trusted God to keep his promise. In other words, we're trusting Jesus to help us, whatever. If you still claim that God's blessings are for those who are good enough, then you're saying God's promises to those who have faith are meaningless. Now look what he says. But the fact of the matter is, when we try to gain God's blessing and salvation by keeping his laws, we always end up under his anger. We fail to keep them. The only way we can keep from breaking laws is not to have any to break. Now, look here. This is what I want to say. So God's blessings are given to us by faith. And they really are. I mean, look at Jesus. He's already standing at your door knocking. He's already waiting for us. It's a free gift. And we're certain to get them. Look at this. Whether or not we follow the Jewish customs, uh, if we have faith like Abraham. Remember, it was accounted to Abraham for righteousness. God canceled his debt. Look at this. So, now this is why that story we're going to look at is so important. 
For Abraham is the father of all of us when it comes to these matters of faith. That's what the scripture says when God says that he made Abraham the father of many nations. God will, look at this, accept all people, that's you and I, in every nation who trusts God as Abraham did. Now, let's catch a story. Watch this. Oh, such a wonderful story. This is just amazing. Okay, so God says, hey, you're going to have a kid. Well, remember what happened. We got Sarah involved here. And we also got something neat fixing to happen here. Watch this. Sarah and, am I in the, what am I, living Bible, yeah. Sarah and Abram, they had no children. Well, hello. Sarah took her maid, an Egyptian girl named Hagar, gave her to Abram to be his second wife. Now, remember, this is not preacher talk. This is history talk, okay? So we got to look for stuff that's in here. You don't want to grab a com- commentary. I mean, you got to watch that. Just, just read the scripture. Let your mind think these things through. This is just people. Love stories, high school, whatever, okay. Well, hey, she says, since the Lord's given me no children, I hear from the Spirit. No, 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 no. She didn't have any of that. She's figuring this out on her own. I don't have any kids. Hey, you can sleep with my servant girl and her children be mine. Abraham agreed. This took place 10 years after Abram had arrived in the land of Canaan. So he slept with Hagar and she conceived. And when she realized she was pregnant, now watch what happened. She became very (laughs) proud and arrogant. Well, guess what? That's going to happen to the the other girl. Sarah's not going to like that. Okay. So Sarah said, "It's your fault." You know, it's always the husband's fault. You know what I mean? But it, I mean, but this is really laughable. It's really great. I mean, it's really good. It's like, but now watch what happens. For this servant girl of mine, she despises me, though I gave her the privilege of being your wife. May the Lord, boy, the Lord deal with you, you rascal. Anyway. Abraham said, you got my permission to punish the girls. You see fit. Abraham replied. So Sarah beat her and she ran away. Now catch the story. Sarah just lit into her. And so this girl just ran off. Now look at verse 7. The angel of the Lord. Wow. Found her beside a desert spring along the road to Shur. In other real places. The angel said, Hagar. Uh, where have you come from? Where are you going? Where have you come from? Where are you going? Where are you going? Hager I'm, says, I'm running away from my mistress. Hey, return to your mistress. And, I mean, she did blow it here. Act like you should. For I'll make you into a great nation. Wow. Yes, you're pregnant. And your baby uh, will be a son. And you're to name him Ishmael. Look at this. God hears. Okay. Oh. Sometimes we miss that. We just, we just, just, we think he's not listening. God's not hearing anything. Look at this. Why? Because God heard your woes. Now, guess what? In just a few more minutes, this is fixing to happen again. It's going to be even worse. Okay. This son of yours is going to be a, a wild one, free and untamed as a wild ass. He'll be against everyone, and everyone will feel the same toward him. But he'll live near the rest of his kin. Anyway, therefore Hagar spoke of Jehovah, for it was he who appeared to her as the God who looked upon me, she thought. Wow. I mean, she thought things were, it was over with right here. For she thought, I saw God and lived to tell it. Look at that. She named the place the well of the living one who sees me. It lies between, you know, Arab and whatever, Huntsville, whatever you can say. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram, now watch this, Abram was 86 years old. Remember, there's no chapters. We're going right in. He's 86 years old. Okay, 86, and now we say he's 99, so la-da-da-da-da, about 15 years. 
God appeared to him and said, I'm the Almighty. Obey me, live as you should, and I'll prepare a contract between us, guaranteeing you to make you into a mighty nation. Except for the woes of life, and you know, you might get hit by a car, and get fall off a camel, whatever, or get sick. God's going to take care of all this. He will. Anyway, in fact, you'll be the father of not only one nation, but a multitude of nations. Abraham fell down the dust and, uh, as God talked to him. What's, what's more, I'm changing your name. It's no longer Abram, but it's going to be Abraham, okay? Exalted father. Uh, uh, that's what Abram was. But Abraham, father of nations. Boy, you know, God was serious about this. That's what it will be to you. Now, remember, we already read that Abraham's the father of us all. All these blessings are the same for us. I'm going to give you millions of descendants. You're going to form many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. I'll continue. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I will continue this agreement. That's the reason the New Testament is so important to us. Between us, generation after generation, forever. It'll be between me and your children as well. It's a contract. I'll be your God and the God of your posterity. And I will give all this land to Canaan to you forever. I mean, Abraham was walking around on borrowed property. Nice to have my own place. God says, you're going to. This is your place. Anyway, verse 10. You're you're personally, you personally and your posterity have this continual responsibility. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Wow. Well, if you don't know what that is, he says, okay, the foreskin of his penis shall be cut off. Boy, that would get your attention, wouldn't it? Wow. This will be the proof that you accept this covenant. Every male is going to be circumcised on the eighth day after birth. Okay, this applies to every foreign-born slave as well as everyone born in your household. It's a permanent part of this contract. It applies to all your posterity. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will thus be marked as participants in my everlasting covenant. Now, think about this just a moment. Yes, it is a mark, and yes, you're going to know it. You know, and yes, you're going to why the what what what's all this about? Anyway, he says, anybody who refuses this, he's going to be cut off from his people. He's violated my contract. Notice you don't see, well, and also, I want you to not ever do this and not ever do this and not ever do this. and not. No, it was, you know, you've been marked. You're in this contract. Now, notice what he says. God said regarding Sarai, we like to say her wife, uh, his wife, her name is no longer Sarah, but Princess, Sarah, Princess. I'll bless her and give a son from her. Yes, I'll richly bless her. Look at that. Make her the mother of nations. Many kings shall be her, uh, among her posterity. Now remember, how old is he? 99. So this is not some sort of holy story. This is reality. Because God just showed up and was telling him these things. Abraham threw himself down in worship before the Lord, but inside he was laughing. Well, yeah, no kidding. Me, a father? In a music at a hundred years old. Now, this is very important because we hear people say, "Well, the timing in the Bible is not really correct in Genesis." Oh, yes, it was. This is not even close to having kids. He's a hundred, and a hundred then is a hundred back. Anytime you want to call it, it's a hundred. A hundred. It's amazing he was at a hundred, still alive too. But anyway, and Sarah have a baby at ninety. And God said, "Yeah." I mean, excuse me. So Abram says, "Oh, yes," and do bless Ishmael. Remember, he just that was just he was just born. No, that's not what I said. Sarah's going to bear a son. You're going to call him Isaac. means laughter. I'll sign my covenant with him forever and his descendants. As for Ishmael, all right, I'll bless him also. Since you, look at that, you've asked me to. How far will your prayers extend? Jesus just said ask. Just ask. Anyway, I'll multiply him and he'll become a great nation. Full of a bunch of horrible things that, and trials and whatever. No, it doesn't say that. Matter of fact, when uh, Rebecca 
left her parents to go with Abraham's sidekick to go meet his son, a wife, they were all saying, may you conquer all your enemies. And we're not supposed to be a defeated bunch of folks. We're just not. mm. Okay, anyway. My contract's with Isaac. Well, anyway, excuse me. Let me back up. As for uh, Ishmael, I'll bless him just like you asked me to. I'm going to multiply him. He'll become a great nation. Twelve princes shall be among his posterity. But my contract is with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah this time next year. While I'm here, this is where the uh, Muslims try to get their 12th imam from. They go, the 12th imam's coming. Where do you get that from? Oh, we get it from the Koran. And they steal some things out of the scriptures. They think this is whatever. <clears throat> okay. Now, that put us through there. Now, watch this. Uh, so, uh, that end of the conversation, God left. And so that very day, Abraham took Ishmael and his son and every other male born in his household, and they he cut off their foreskins, just as God said to. He was 99 at that time. Ishmael was 13. Now, watch this. He's 13. Okay. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, this story here, we're going to skip strictly to... Uh, here we go. So, God did, and I'm going to stop here in 21. Watch this. Well, watch this. God did as he promised. Sarah became pregnant. And gave Abram a baby son in his old age. At the time God said, and Abram named him Isaac, meaning laughter. Eight days after he was born, Abraham circumcised him as God required. Abram was a hundred years old at this time. He's a hundred years old. Now watch what happened here. Uh-oh. Hagar and Ishmael going to get in trouble. Sarah declared, God's brought me laughter. All who hear about this will rejoice with me. Whoever dreamed that I would ever have a baby. So this was not... Yeah, the book of Genesis is it's the record, the timing. No, it's not. Genesis chapter 1, uh, day 4. Day 4 was when the sun, the stars, and the moon, let it be for signs and seasons, for years and days and months. They were real days. Thump, thump. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, okay. Uh, yet I have given Abraham a child in his old age. See, that's part of the blessing. When you read the Bible, you go, praise the Lord, Abraham. Go, Daddy, go. Look how long he lived. Look how long you can live. All this snuffing out Christianity. Well, you know, God took him. The one God took, other than Elisha, I mean, mercy, Enoch was 300 and something years old. Constant fellowship with God. And God said, come on, you know. Anyway. So, time went by, the child grew and was weaned. Abraham gave a party. Not supposed to be having no fun as Christians. Oh, so silly. Yeah, you are too. You know, should just be grateful we have a child. Let's don't let's don't let's don't make God mad by having a birthday party. Did you? I'm telling. Did you know my? Did you know that uh, there's there is a certain group of uh, this happened when I was at work. There was one guy. Well, I'll just say it. He was a Mormon, and he said every time the Bible references a birthday, there's death involved. So the Mormons don't celebrate birthdays. Now this is hearsay. That's why I'm saying this is not in the scripture. You know, so you have to watch what people, people tell you is in the scripture. It's not true. The angels showed up at Jesus' birth and it was like, boom, the hillside was lit up. Glory to God in the highest. I mean, come on. If there was any birthday that mattered, it was that one, you know. It's a happy thing, whatever. But I remember when I found out about it, they had this cake for this guy. And, of course, you can imagine. And, 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 and he just, when he walked in there, he just walked out. Yeah, great. You really, you really testified about how great the... Your religion is, I tell you what. Ah, okay, back to this. They had a party. But when Sarah noticed, oops, the 13-year-old, the son of Abraham, the Egyptian, the girl Hagar, teasing Isaac. Boy, she turned on upon Abraham demanding, get rid of that slave girl. 
Now, wait a minute. Let's just don't fly through this. Let's see what we can get from this. Because we live, uh, we have our own lives and we know how hurt happens. Get rid of that slave girl. He's not going to share your property with my son. Boy, she was serious. I won't have it. Well, that's real Christian-like, isn't it? Look, this is life, okay? And it is Christian-like. Come on. This upset Abraham. He's not like, well, I don't care. I get a new girl, whatever. Let's pick a new one out, whatever. No, it hurt him. You know, love hurts. After all, Ishmael was his son too. But God told Abraham, don't be upset over the boy and your slave girl. Do as Sarah says, for Isaac is the son through whom I promise to be fulfilled. Now notice this. He said, don't be upset. Now remember, God already said uh, just a moment ago, I'll take care of Ishmael too. But this upset Abram. Just like, you know, stuff upset me a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, help. Now watch what happened. I'm going to make him a great nation. Well, watch the story. Oh. And of the slave girl's son too, because he's yours. So Abraham got up early in the morning, prepared food for the journey, strapped a canteen of water on Hagar's shoulder, sent her away with her son. She walked in the wilderness. Look at this. Now, look, now let's catch this. She walked into the wilderness of Beersheba, wandering aimlessly. Now this girl, love hurts. She was doing fine. She didn't realize what was going on. All of a sudden, bam, hit with, you're completely excommunicated from the richest guy she'd ever seen. Now, remember, she is an Egyptian, so what do you do? You go back home to mama, okay? They're a relatively 10 days journey to Egypt. But she's so shell-shocked, she's just, she's, I mean, she's devastated, you know? Devastated. When the water was gone, she left the youth, the youth, yeah, the youth is counting on mama, just a teenager, 13 years old. And he was probably shocked too. We got, we got a what? I didn't, I, I didn't mean that. Too bad. They were just told, get out of here. Well, I don't want to watch him die. Anyway, she set him down a few hundred yards away. And boy, she burst into tears. Then God heard the boy crying. The angel of God, <laughs> this is so good, John. He called to Hagar from the sky. Hagar, what's wrong? <laughs> Lord, come on. No, really think about that. What's wrong? Like Dustin getting hit in the rear uh, yesterday, this morning, you know. What's wrong? Like, he's not, I'm fine, you know, praise the Lord, you know. What's wrong? Don't be afraid. Uh, Angel, maybe you don't know the details here. <laughs> Number one, uh, the canteen's all gone. My son's over there. We're gonna, I mean, I, I'm just, I know how to get to Egypt, but I'm just, I'm, I'm lost now. I went down the wrong trail. It's over with. No, don't be afraid. God's heard the lad's cries, and he's lying there. Go get him and comfort him. Now, watch this. Man, amazing. For I'll make a great nation from him. God opened her eyes, and she saw well. Oh, praise the Lord. She filled the canteen, gave the lad a drink. God blessed the boy. He grew up in Paran and became an expert archer. Now, notice this. Let's fill in the blanks here. And his mother arranged for him a marriage from, with a girl from Egypt. Obviously, she figured out, yeah, we should have went north instead of south. I don't know where I'm going now. But she was shocked. You know, like I say, you know, I mean, love can rattle your cage. And she just thought, this is just, I mean, one day you think you're loved, and all of a sudden you're not loved. Oh, my God. But who helped you? Your God did. Hallelujah. Now, it's just a few verses away, but let's watch what happens. This is, this, 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 is, this is great. About this time, King Abimelech and Phicol, radio company for your car, okay, commander of the troops, came to Abraham and said, uh, it's evident God helps you. Now, remember, this is you and I. Helps you in everything you do. Man, I see that in my life. That's really what saves all of us when, when things are going crazy. We're like, well, praise the Lord. God, he's going to take care of it. 
Now, this guy's a big shot. He's a king. This is his commander. This is the top general. Talking to Abraham, who only had 300 troops, remember? At least a while back. He says, look, hey, look, it's evident God's with you. Would you make a contract with us? Now, watch this. Swear to me by God's name that you won't defraud me or my son or my grandson. You'll be on friendly terms with my country as I've been towards you. Isn't it neat how a possible enemy could come up and says, look, let's just <laughs> let's work this out. You know, They're on your side. Abraham said, all right, I swear to it. Then Abraham, look, Abraham had a little issue. Have you got an issue this morning with something? Well, look at this. I mean, like, oh, by the way, Lord, for, for, before we leave, I need to ask for some help on something. Look at this. He says, hey, we got a well that your servants keep ripping away from us. You know, well, if I call, well, Abimelech says, well, I didn't know that. Well, what happened? So look what he does. Uh, he said, well, uh, uh, he said, this well, they violently take it away from Abraham's servants. Well, this is the first I've heard of it, the king said. I have no idea who's responsible. Why didn't you tell me before? Anyway, then Abraham gave sheep and oxen to the king as sacrifices to seal their pact. In other words, I'm not going to kill you. You don't kill me. Whatever, we'll work together. But when he saw the seven ewe lambs set them off by themselves, the king said, hey, what are you doing with those? Well, in other words, this little well thing had put a burr in Abraham's cell. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, I'm making a deal here. They're my gift to you as a public confirmation that all is well. So from that time on, the well was called Beersheba, which meant the well of the oath. Or whatever, well of the, yeah, well of the oath. Uh, because that was the place where they made their covenant. Then King Abimelech and Phicol, the commander, returned home. Abraham planted a, tam a tamarisk tree, whatever that is, oak tree or something, beside the well, and prayed to the Lord there, calling upon the eternal God. And Abraham lived in the Philistine country for a long time. Amazing. The next story is fantastic, too. Sarah passes away, and uh, Abraham needs a place to bury her. And the whole place, they love Abraham. And, they're, and he says, I need a place to bury my wife. And they go, well, pick out what you want. Pick out the best sepulchres. I mean, can you imagine? You can have the best of it all. Well, I'm just summarizing the next chapter. And Abraham says, well, how about the oak of Mamre down there or, or whatever it is. It's, it's a cave down there. And his buddy speaks up and says, yeah, I'll just give it to you. And Abraham says, no, I'll pay for it. And his buddy says, well, it's worth 400 shekels of silver, but what's that among friends? Take it and go bury your dead. So Abraham was blessed enough to pay for this, and that became a permanent cemetery for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But I mean, talk about favor, favor, favor. Father, we just praise the Lord. Okay.